Welcome to another week and another episode of Money Making Markets. I'm your host, Ash, of course. Welcome back, man. These weeks are flying back, but it's another week of Money Making Markets. I hope that I've been bringing you guys very interesting news within the business world amongst different sectors and different industries. I'm going to continue to bring you guys that content and that information. Make sure to continue to share this with your friends and your family as we grow Money Making Markets. You know, eventually this is going to be the top of the top. This is going to be your favorite show, favorite podcast, whatever you want to call it. So we're going to just continue to build money making markets. But it's that time. Let's get into all the good information, get into all the news. And that's how we're just going to continue to do it. Money making markets. Episode seven. Let's go. already know the protocol, how it goes, the disclaimer, the content provided is for educational and informational purpose only and should not be construed as prof- professional financial advice. The information provided is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your qualified financial professional of any questions you may have regarding your personal financial situation. You guys already know, do your due diligence, do your own research. It will be very beneficial for you in the future if you Continue to do your own research and get accustomed to the market the best you can. Let's get it going. Episode seven. So the stock market posted its worst week of the year. All three main indexes, the S&P 500, the Dow Jones 30, and the NASDAQ Composite, all three indexes posted their worst year. I hope you guys can see the the graph, the chart right next to it. Indexes performances were very bad. The S&P 500 fell 42.28 points or 1.1%. The tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite dropped 195.46 points or 1.7%. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 336.99 points or 1%. All three indexes dropped more than 2%, each posting their biggest weekly declines of 2023. So all three indexes obviously started the year very bullish and Investors, traders, we were all confident that the Fed, Federal Reserve, would begin to tame down the interest rates, bring down the rate at which they raise interest rates, and continue to bring that down as, hopefully, as they raised interest rates, they hoped that the economy would begin to produce at a less rate. However, the economy has proven to be very resilient as of late. And of this being the case as the job, the latest job report, the latest consumer price index report, all these reports have been showing that the economic data has proven that the economy is very resilient and that the economy has been operating at a very good pace recently. So with this being the case, Investors have become more worried that the Federal Reserve in their next meeting and throughout the year that they will be less likely to slow down the rate at which they raise interest rates or slow or slow down raising interest rates at all. So as the economy has been proving to be resilient, this is bad news for the stock market. It's basically the same. We're basically in the same situation that we've been for the last two to three weeks. The economy is resilient. And this is bad news for the stock market. So 
This economic data, while positive for the growth outlook, have raised concerns that the Fed will keep interest rates steady at higher levels. The indications of a hot economy are prompting some investors to give up on the notion that the Fed will be quick to lower interest rates. January's personal consumption expenditures price index, which overshot economists' expectations. The core reading, the core CPI, which excludes volatile prices such as energy and food because those industries are very volatile with their price. So the core CPI, the, co- the core consumer price index is a better indicator for investors to analyze how the economy is operating at a is operating and how much consumers are spending on goods excluding food and energy which are obviously volatile. And those core price indexes reports have come out recently that consumers are spending more and more. So inflation hasn't been tamed. And so basically the interest rates at which the Fed has been raising them still need to be raised at a higher level in order to bring down inflation to the Fed's goal of 2%. So there's still work to be ahead. The economy has proven to be resilient, which has in turn led to bad performances for the three main indexes. So we're just going to continue for, you know, the upcoming months and perhaps the whole entire year just monitoring monitoring how the Fed continues to see how the economy is doing. How much are they going to be willing to continuously raise interest rates and how they're continuously viewing the performance of the economy? So The Federal Reserve, they released their minutes report, which basically gives us an insight into how the thought process of the Fed and their members. So most of members of the Fed, they were in favor of raising interest rates by, again, a quarter point. However, there were a few members who were interested in in increasing the rate of interest rates by half a point, which is obviously concerning for investors. So we're just going to continuously have to observe the Fed and the decisions they make and their thought process throughout the year. And that will be reflective in the performance of the three main indexes and how they've been performing as a whole. So that is a bit of the stock market report from this week. So again, the economy has you know shown to be resilient. GDP has produced at a quarterly rate of 2.7% annual rate in the fourth quarter, which showing that the economy is still growing. Worker claims for unemployment benefits, a proxy for layoffs, ticked down last week, said the Labor, De- Labor Department. Hiring accelerated last month, and the unemployment rate fell to a 53-year low. Unemployment rate, 53-year low, which, has, which is showing that companies are continuing to hire, which is in turn... More Americans are working, which is bringing more money to the pockets of Americans. And obviously, not we're not all Americans aren't saving that money. That money is being poured into the economy, which is going into more consumer services and goods. So more money is being poured into the economy as a result of companies and more companies hiring Americans and more just more people having jobs. So. Business activity, particular in the services sector, picked up in February, according to surveys of manufacturers and services 
providers released Thursday. Thursday, GDP reports showed consumer spending, which accounts for more than two-thirds of total economic output, rose at a 1.4% annual rate in the fourth quarter, revised down from a previous estimate of 2.1% growth. So although the numbers came down, came in less than what analysts had predicted, the economy is still growing, which shows that Americans are still pouring in money into the economy. However, consumers are spending more on food and less on electronics, apparel, and home improvements as inflation still persists. So overall, the economy is still resilient, still going strong, more jobs in the market, more companies hiring, and just overall more spending. So that is a little bit of a economic report and a GDP report. A little time to talk about U.S. home sales, the housing market. So home sales fell for the 12th straight month. Why, you may ask, mortgage rates, high mortgage rates are still persisting in the market, which has led for the 12th straight month of home sales to fall. Continued high mortgage rates has kept buyers on the sidelines. Sales of previously owned homes, which makes up more of the housing market, fell 0.7% in January from the prior month to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of $4 million, the slowest since October of 2010. January sales, sales fell 36.9% from a year earlier. 36.9%. More than a quarter of home sales have fell from 2022 to 2023, which just shows you that the housing market has slowed down over the year with inflation persisting, higher interest rates, and just overall, Americans just not having as much money to save due to them having to spend more on their bills and putting more money towards their budgets with, you know, tighter budgets coming in due to inflation. Existing home sales dropped last year to the lowest level since 2014. Surge in mortgage rates and record high home prices raised the cost of many home purchases by hundreds of dollars a month. The national median existing home price rose 1.3% in January from a year earlier to $359,000. So the average home price right now is $359,000, which has been the smallest annual price gain since February of 2012. Some of the sideline buyers, though, have started to come into shopping for a new home in January and February as mortgage rates have ticked down just a little bit from last year's recent highs. So obviously with sellers of homes, with them having their houses posted on the market for a longer period of time and longer than they hoped, they've recently have have started to offer some concessions to buyers such as lowering their prices of their homes, being able, willing to negotiate more on the price of their homes, or just offering more concessions in the sale of their home to buyers in order to have the ho- the sale of their home expedited a lot more quicker. So that is currently what's happening in the housing market. It's a very tough market right now. However, it has been shown that Mortgage rates have been coming down just a tick over the 
first two months of the year. So a little bit of a housing market update. Walmart and Home Depot have given cautious outlook as shoppers have been spending more on other on other industries. So consumers are have been spending more on obviously surging prices in energy, paying more on you know gas, paying more on groceries, and and paying more to travel and other consumer goods and services as we have hopped out the pandemic. Obviously, Home Depot and Walmart are pretty popular when people are looking to upgrade their home in any way. People go to Walmart and Home Depot to shop. And during the pandemic and coming out the pandemic, people were spending obviously a lot of time at home, so they wanted to upgrade their home in any fashion, shape, or way or form. However, they wanted to hope, hope However, they wanted to upgrade their home. They would go to Home Depot, Walmart to, you know, go to get the services, to get the goods that they needed. People were spending a lot of time at home. But as we have moved further and further away from the pandemic, people are spending their money on different goods, different services, travel being one of the main things that people are spending more money on. And just just not as much money going towards upgrading their electronics or more home improvements, especially as inflation has been persisting and people's budgets have becoming more tighter and tighter. So the executives of Walmart and Home Depot have obviously realized this through their latest company reports and as they analyze their finances. So with this being the case, Walmart and Home Depot are giving their shareholders a cautious outlook that, hey, People aren't going to be spending as much on improving their home. People are spending more money on travel and other and other services and other leisure activities. And with this being the case, the outlook for Home Depot and Walmart is not going to be as strong for the year. And they're offering caution to their shareholders. So executives from both companies said consumer spending habits pressured profits and they gave muted outlooks for the rest of the year amid economic uncertainty on tuesday home depot set a cautious tone sales for the most recent quarter fell slightly after years of pandemic field growth home depot said sales for the current year would be flat the company's stock fell 7.1 percent to 295 dollars at walmart total revenue rose 7.3 percent to 164 billion for the quarter that ended January 31 compared with the same period last year. So Walmart did experience slightly higher growth. Overall net income rose 76% to 6.3 billion for the period. However, Walmart is still being cautious that these trends in the early year may not last throughout the duration of 2023. So Walmart and Home Depot cautious outlooks for the year. And if you're going to be looking to invest in either of these two companies, just keep that in mind that, hey, the executives are being cautious with how consumers may be spending at their companies for the remainder of the year. So a little bit of an update in consumer spending at Walmart and Home Depot. Venture capitalist fundraising firms have hit a nine year low in raising funds. Why you may ask, so private companies who particularly who usually tech startups who usually need seek seeking capital to further expand their company and grow their company at a much larger capacity and a much faster rate. 
to do this, they obviously seek fundraising from venture capitalist firm firms. And these firms have seen that in IPOs, com- new companies that have hit the stock market recently, they haven't been performing well as of late due to the overall economic climate. With this being the case, venture capitalist firms, VC firms, have decided to slow the rate at which they have been offering capital to these new startups, these tech startups. So the first time, for the first time, fundraising volumes decreased from the third to the fourth quarter since 2009. Venture, venture firms raised $20.6 billion in new funds in the fourth quarter. That was a 65% drop from a year earlier and the lowest fourth quarter amount since 2013. Macroeconomic pressures that are already weighed on technology startups have affected investors' ambitions to invest in these firms. So basically, firms are being more cautious in how they deploy their capital to tech startups. They're being more careful with which startups they decide to invest in. Venture firms want to be patient in the market and wait for the right opportunities to come around, basically saying, hey, if you're not a top company, if you're not if we're not sure in your startup, if we're not sure that we could grow your firm, grow your startup to the point where it will initially be offered to the public and reap great costs and expand and grow at a faster rate. If we're not sure that's going to be the case, we're not going to be willing to take a chance on your startup right out the gate. We're going to be very more cautious with how we deploy our capital. So managers have slowed down the pace and aren't coming back to the market at the same rate. Venture firms that bet on tech startups slowed the pace of investing amid a day, a slow of companies going public, plunging stocks and valuation, rising interest rates and inflation have all affected how venture capitalist firms have decided to deploy their capital. So basically, a years-long drought in startup public listings also has dried up a crucial source of cash used by these so-called limited partners to reinvest in startup funds, investors have said. So it's basically... These VC firms are being a lot more cautious of how they're deploying capital. So if you're looking to start a startup and seek capital, just know, hey, you're going to have to convince these firms that, hey, our company and our startup is worth the risk and worth the risk of investing and deploying your capital into our startup. So just be prepared to have a solid presentation and be able to convince these investors that, yes, our startup is indeed worth the gamble and, yes, indeed worth the risk with these VC firms being a lot more cautious now. So can you guys imagine a four-day work week? Well, (laughs) it's looking like that could slowly become the norm. So about 61 firms, I believe, in London the past week. And basically for the past 60, for the past week or two, 61 British businesses have been testing out a four-day work week. Can you guys imagine four days of work? I'm here for it. Who's who wouldn't be here for four days of work instead of a five day work week? I'll gladly take that extra day off. So 
These UK companies have been participating in a four-day work week, work week and testing out a four-day work week to see that if they could, if workers can still produce the same level of work in four days rather than five to see if, hey, an extra day of rest would still be allowed these workers to, hey, maybe even produce at a greater rate with having an extra day off. So a large majority of UK companies participate in a four-day four work week said they would stick with it, log logging sharp drops in worker turnover and asceticism, which largely maintained productivity during the six-month study. Six months they've been testing out a four-day work week. Six months. Let's make four-day work weeks the norm. Like, who wouldn't want to see that? Businesses wanted to see whether they could get just as much done while working less, but more effectively. More than 90% said they would continue testing the shorter week. 18 plan to make it permanent, according to a new report. On a scale of 0 to 10, employees on an average scored their productivity and performance over the six months at 7.5 not bad y'all should have said 10 though come on now why wouldn't y'all say 10 we need to we need to we need to convince these employees that a four-day work week is indeed the way to go a 7.5 come on now i would have said y'all should have said 10 off rip but a survey conducted halfway through the trial found 46 percent of companies said their business productivity had remained the same 34 percent Report a slight improvement and 15% said a significant improvement was caused. Meanwhile, 39% of employees said they were less stressed than before the trial run have reported no change. So overall, four-day work weeks, they've been, they're being tested. Um, I believe some politicians have been campaigning for a four-day work week to be enacted in the U.S. as well. Hey, four-day wor four work weeks, let's make it happen. We all want to see it happen. Let's not waste no more time. Let's make a four-day work week the norm. So the Biden administration has been kicked off a $53 billion CHIP Act program to into gear this week to reverse and produce semiconductor chips. So semiconductor chips, they're basically used in all technology, cars, however you want to think, all tech that you think they probably have semiconductor chips. And for a while, the top U.S. manufacturers, going back a while ago to when semiconductor chips were, um, you know, invented, they used to be produced in the U.S. at a much larger rate. However, over the past couple of decades, they've been produced in China, Asia, in other foreign countries. However, the Biden administration, they want to have U.S.-based manufacturers start producing semiconductor chips on a lar much larger rate so that we're not as reliant on foreign nations to produce semiconductor chips. So a public investment of roughly $39 billion into manufacturing incentives for chip plants known as fabs as well as 13.2 billion dollars for research and development and workforce training so that's how the 53 point 53 billion dollars is being split for the semiconductor chips act program that's scheduled to go into act later this year the program's launch comes at a crucial moment for the global semiconductor industry supply shortages of semiconductors during the pandemic dented production of everything from technology to kitchen appliances 
basically saying the CHIPS Act program is going to serve as a lifeline to kick off U.S. to produce their own semiconductor chips. So, hey, top U.S. manufacturers, including Intel Corp, Micron Technology, Inc., and Texas Instruments, have all unveiled plans to expand their company. So, hey, follow the money. That's what I always say. Follow the money. $53 billion being poured into into the semiconductor industry. I just gave you guys the list of the three main Manufacturers that are going to be expanding their, they're going to be expanding their production of semiconductor chips. Again, Intel Corp, Micron Technology, and Texas Instruments. Look up those three stocks. Look at those. Look up those three corporations. They're likely to go grow up and grow at a a larger rate this year. Their share price is probably going to be guaranteed to grow to grow at a much larger rate this year and go up with the government backing the industry. So follow the money, do your own research into the companies. And if you want to invest, won't be too much won't be too bad because the government is backing the semiconductor industry and these companies are you know gearing up to grow their production at a much larger rate. So Look into those three companies. I think it will be <laughs> worth your time if you're looking to make some money. And these chips will, you know, among Asia's top chip manufacturers, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Corp. has a $40 billion production underway in Arizona, and Samsung Electrics Corp. is investing $73.3 billion in production in Texas. So basically, look up those two companies as well. The sector is very geared up to grow. Would you pay for social media? Meta, Twitter, Snap? They're all wanting to find out. So basically, with the current economic conditions being how they are right now, these three corporations, these three social media platforms have been releasing new ways for them to be able to make money off consumers. So Meta platforms has shared plans for Meta Verified, a monthly subscription service which is offering greater account security and visibility on Facebook and Instagram and will basically allow you to pay to be verified. I know Elon Musk and Twitter also recently released something very similar in which you could pay in order to be verified, which, you know, I kind of don't really agree. I think you have to work to gain some sort of you know, notability, you know, being known for something in order to really be verified. I think people paying to be verified is kind of corny for one, and it kind of defeats the purpose. Also, you're going to have a lot of people. It's already been shown on Twitter. You're going to be having a lot of troll pages, a lot of people making fake pages, and they're just going to pay to be verified and who's really going to be able to tell unless you know celebrities or other people come out and say oh this is not our page so i think that really defeats the purpose we've already seen it on twitter of all these trolls and all these spam pages and fan pages you know be going to be verified and that kind of just defeats the purpose if we're all verified then what's the point that kind of defeats the purpose so unless these companies are going to you know come out with different you know, verified colors, maybe whatever, you know, other than blue, because if we're all having verified blue checks, how can we tell who's verified from what? I mean, I guess we could check how many followers we have, but still, it's very confusing. I think it's very corny, but 
hey, these corporations are in it for the money. They're always going to expand and look for new ways to bring in revenue, especially as these tech companies have not grown within the past year with the overall economic conditions coming down, stock market coming down. So a lot of these companies are just not producing as much revenue. And they're also looking for more revenue to come in um, into their business. Companies like Meta rely on primarily advertising revenue. So as recession concerns come down and spending, they have experienced slower growth, not only Meta, Twitter as well. That's why you're seeing Elon. That's why you're seeing Zuckerberg. You're seeing all these executives looking for ways in which they could grow their company, grow revenue, cut costs, and they're, you know, testing out different ways to see if consumers will, you know, go for the gig, go for the trap, and, you know, pay for these pay for these services and bring in more revenue for their companies. So this is another ploy by social media companies to see if they can make more money. I'm not here for it. If I eventually become verified, it will hopefully be because because I put in the work. People like the content I was putting out and Hey, I worked hard enough for it. So I'm not, I'm definitely not going to be paying to become verified. I ain't, I ain't doing, I ain't doing that. that. That ain't for me. I'm definitely not doing that, but it's a little bit of news for social media. Target is investing $100 million to expand next day delivery. So obviously they're going to be competing with other outlets like Walmart. Amazon Prime is one of their, Amazon is going to be the competitors, competitors and they're deciding, oh, okay, we need to up our next day delivery, up our logistics, and they're going to be investing $100 million to expand next day delivery over the next three years as one of the country's largest three retailers working to compete with Amazon and Walmart, like I said. So Target plans to at least open six more certification centers across the U.S. by the end of 2026, adding to its network of nine centers already. The new warehouses will let fill out more online orders, speed up delivery, and cut down on shipping costs. So basically, Target sees that, hey, if we could improve our logistics, improve next day delivery, okay, but okay, that's great. Customers will be more certified, will be more Customers will be more inclined to keep coming back, be more happy with delivery speed, and that will help them compete against Amazon and not make Amazon's quote-unquote competitive up on the rest of these competitors seem as advantageous as it seems right now with Amazon Prime. So it's a great move by Target to up their next day delivery and overall just improve their logistics program and you know everyone likes to shop at target target has been popular we all see how people influencers how we're all always going to look to shop at target target has increased their control on the market on the sector consumer spending sector over the past couple years becoming more profitable and more knowable in social media as you guys can see with all the target shopping day trends and just being being able to compete more with Amazon is clearly one of their motives with investing 100 million dollars to improve their logistics so great move by Target Uh, I think Target is a great company to invest in they're a great retailer that have seen 
great e-commerce growth, especially over the pandemic and even coming out the pandemic, even though that has slowed recently coming out the pandemic with people shopping more in stores. But hey, that's still a good sign for Target if people are going in stores. You know, there's just been overall less online shopping as we move more and more out of the pandemic. But this is a great move for Target, I believe, and which will help them compete with other retailers such as Amazon and Walmart. So billionaires have been investing into healthcare. Follow the money. Follow the money. Look what these billionaires are, are investing in. And we're about to get into it right now. So billionaire source recently purchased $325 million worth of Horizon Therapeutics PLC. NASDAQ, you can see the sticker, the sticker stock code or IPO code HZNP, which now makes up 5.554% of its portfolio. Horizon is a biotech company developing cures for rare and renomic diseases. Ray Dalio, founder of Bridgeware Associates, the largest hedge fund in the world, is making similar bets. Two of his largest holdings are Procter & Gamble, CEO, stock ticket code PG, and Johnson & Johnson, J&J. Collectively, they make up 7.57% of the entire hedge fund portfolio. In a recent, recent interview, Dolio noted that the biotech is one of the current investment areas he finds interesting. Jeff Bezos has also been making investments in healthcare and also quickly be, quickly building Amazon to become a healthcare powerhouse. Amazon officially closed its 3.9 billion acquisition of One Medical earlier this week. Earlier this year, Amazon rolled out a low-cost subscription service for generic medications to Prime members. This comes after a full rollout of Amazon Pharmacy, other ventures around telehealth, and significant investments in the space. In the competition with Amazon, entrepreneur and TV personality Mark Cuban rolled out his Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drugs company in 2021 as well. This has been one of the biggest focal points of the past two years for Mark and likely what the billionaire wants to be his legacy. Cuban startup being an example of the potential upside in startup investing in private markets. This means that four billionaires, Mark Cuban, Jeff Bezos, Dolios, and Stardos, these four billionaires have been investing in healthcare. What does that tell you? Follow the money. And if you can go back to the PowerPoint, look at the companies that they've been investing in and do your research because if they're pouring in billions and millions of dollars into these companies, what do you think that's going to do for the companies that they acquired to make part of their corporations? Invest in Amazon. Invest in Mark Cuban. Invest in Mark Cuban's company. Invest in the other hedge funds, in the other funds. Healthcare is going to be one of those sectors that's going to be a large investment of what billionaires are looking to pour their money into, and you should follow the same. You should follow the trend. So with this being the case, the move into healthcare is a bit of contrast to normal tech plays. Billionaires tend to flock towards, but shows the potential upside of diversifying into different investment sectors. Diversification is always key, something that I preach and something that I recommend. Don't only invest into tech, invest into other sectors as well. Healthcare is one of those sectors you guys should definitely look into. And go back into the PowerPoint and look at the companies I, I 
mentioned and the funds that I mentioned. So the top five paying, the top 10 paying majors five years after school. And you guys are about to see a trend trend right here, a trend trend. Cobb majors that pay the most right after college. The top 10 majors that pay the most within five years of graduation. A whole lot of engineering, chemical engineering, 75K, computer engineering, 74K, computer science, 73K, aerospace engineering, 72K, electrical engineering, 70K, individual engineering, 70K, mechanical engineering, 70K, miscellaneous engineering, 68K, business analytics, 60K, 66K, and civil engineering, 65K. So five years after graduation, you're seeing a whole lot of engineering, whole lot of computer science, whole lot of tech. These are the top 10 majors. Now, obviously, we're not going to include, you know, you know, like medical, biotech, biomedical, basically the whole medicine field and other business fields because those are a lot more a lot more intrusive in how their salaries are put together after five years. Also there's a lot more schooling that is required. So ten years, five years for these ten majors is really probably just four years after school. Um within the medicine field, even the business field sometimes more educational, high educational, whether it's graduate programs that are needed or going to med school. A lot more is needed for those fields to get those higher pays. So obviously we're not going to include doctors, lawyers, um, and whatnot. So those usually require higher educational and more years of school. And so this is within four years of school after graduation. But you you still see a trend of engineering, computer science, and just, you know, tech in general. So if you're still in high school deciding what to major in and you are going to be after the bag, engineering, tech, business, those are your best bets. And to end, yay in Adidas, I told y'all, wait till I get my money up. <laughs> wait till I get my money right. Yay in Adidas reportedly reached an agreement to sell the remaining $500 million left in Yeezy sneakers. I told y'all, without yay, replacing yay is not easy. Replacing Yeezy is not easy. And Adidas found that out quickly, and they were not willing to lose the $1.3 billion they could if they put had let the Yeezy supply that they had not yet sold just sit. And, you know, money talks in business. I told y'all, like, regardless of what you may think of yay, regardless of what you may think of, you know, the comments he makes, the rants he goes on, these corporations, these businesses are about their bottom light, their bottom line, excuse me, and... Adidas found that out really, really quick. So with this being the case, they're like, all right, we got to go get Ye back to save us. We gotta, we're we not just going to let this $500 million, we're not going to try to lose a, oh, this $1.3 billion. We, we're trying to make some money. We're, trying to, we're in this for Ye, and, we're, and they realize that Ye's fan base is strong, and Ye's fan base is loyal as Hell, so potentially the new deal would allow them to sell the remaining $500 million in unsold Yeezys. This comes after a report that Adidas could potentially lose up to $1.3 billion if they had let the unsold Yeezys just sit. 
The sale of select non-branded Yeezy sneakers with no new designs to be produced are likely also to be facilitated facilitated through the new deals. So, where did Adidas' failure lead them? Back to Ye, back to Kanye West. So, it's still to be seen if they will continue the partnership after they have sold the remaining $500 million in unsold Yeezys. But, hey... Where did Adidas failure lead them back? Right back to Ye. Right back to Yeezy because at the end of the day, Kanye is a moneymaker and his designs are very popular within the culture. And if you're Adidas thought they were going to get away with selling those knockoff Yeezys without Ye, they were clearly mistaken because we were not going for that. The culture was not going for that at all. And, you know... We're going. Kanye's redemption arc has started, and we're going to see what he has left in store. Kanye has been quiet recently. <laughs> usually, we hear from Kanye every now and then, but typically, this is how he usually operates. He goes, comes and goes. He goes on a series of rants for a while, then he goes quiet, goes on for rants again, then comes quiet. And if you look at the trend, he usually goes on these rants when he feels disrespected. And aside from some of the crazy stuff he may say, he usually has some really good points that he makes about these corporations and some of the slimy stuff that they do and some of the slick and shady stuff that these corporations do. These corporations will make you will try to make it seem like, oh, the creatives are the ones that are crazy. But no, these creatives and you should see the deals, the fine prints that are in these contracts. And if you see that Ye is going crazy and he's putting people on blast and exposing these corporate heads and these board members and these corporate executives there's usually a good reason behind all that you got to see through the hype see through the madness and obviously he's going to say some crazy stuff here and there his approach and his the way he delivers his message is obviously not going to be the best and we've obviously seen that in recent memory and which has led him to be quote-unquote canceled although you can't really cancel yay top two hip-hop artists ever in my mind. But again, this just goes to show, you can't cancel Ye. You may, they may try to, but you really can't. And, you know, we're just going to be able to see in the future how Kanye is able to combat all of this, combat the public pressure and the public scrutiny and see if he could rec- and come back and just, you know, prove why he's Kanye and you know certain people are gonna love him certain people are gonna hate him that's just how it goes you know you just gotta be willing to accept the hate but hey I'm all here for it see what Kanye has in store for 2023 <laughs> I need I need a new album though but we'll see if Kanye is able to bounce back but him and Adidas have reportedly reached an agreement to restore some of their partnership and some of their relations so that ends another week of money making markets Hopefully, the stories I brought this week were very interesting to you guys, and hopefully, you will be able to do some more research into these stories as well. Hopefully, as the weeks keep going and going, you guys are becoming more adept with the language, some of the terms that are being used within these stories, and hopefully, I've just, you know, you know lit a spark in some of you guys to do some of your own research and potentially invest in some companies that you like. Again, we're going to continue to bring the information. We're going to continue to bring the stories. 
Hey, and honestly, by the time this episode has dropped, hopefully you've, you know, tuned into that Derek interview, that Jay Castle interview, that Archives interview. Let me know what you guys think of that. <laughs> Plenty of more on the way. That's top secret, though. But, hey, I'm looking to interview whoever. It doesn't matter whatever hustle you have, whatever job you work. doesn't really matter to me as long as you're motivated to be the top in your industry, your field of work. I want you on the show. It does not matter to me if as long as you're willing to share some information to help people be inspired and potentially following your footsteps. This is what this channel is about. This is what it's all about, sharing information and not gatekeeping. So that being said, plenty of interviews are on the way. Just stay tuned. It's all coming. We're going to continue building. But that being said, Another episode of Money Making Markets. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace. Money, 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 money.